Hi, Ava. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, hi. Hey, thanks for doing it. Am I getting you from New York City? We are getting you from New York City. Great. Well, New York to New York. Is your day going fine so far? Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Great. So this week, you have a new single coming out on Friday. How long has it been done for? And I asked it because some artists will tell you, oh, it's been done for a year and a half. And I'm just waiting around to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, that's a good question. I think it was one of the like first five songs I done with Emil. So it's probably been done since like November. Yeah. Wow. November. Well, you just answered my next question when you just said it was one of the first five done. And Lalo is such a strong artistic statement to kind of start with to go here's what I do did you know outright that Lalo was a standout track yeah it's funny though like I it was the second single I had done with Emil so we wrote the first one we were like dude this is gas like this is so good and then we were like okay like we're on a roll just like write another one and then that was Lalo and then we were like no, like, this is the one, this is the one. And so then, yeah, I put out Layla. But that's kind of the way that it goes sometimes. Like, when you're just in the zone, you just create something and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. It's it's the best feeling in the world when you create something that you're like, this is so me. Like, mm -hmm. this is exactly what I want to say. This is me as an artist. It's like, it's one of the best feelings ever. Sometimes I could tell listening to a song you know, how it was written. And I'm listening to Lalo and I can't tell was the riff first or did the riff come when you were like tooling around in the studio and there were chords first? Um, so yeah, it started with like, usually how me and Emil work is like, he comes in with like four chords and then I just top line over it. And basically uh, what I do to like get out of my shell is I'll just go straight to the mic and it just sort of stops me from like overthinking or not setting something in stone it's like writing in pen and instead of pencil if that right. makes sense so then yeah the riff came first they're like da, 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 da. that came first and then he was like this is so sick it should be the intro and then um that was sort of how it came about yeah you use the magic word there, top line. I know what that is. Not everybody realizes that there's a difference between the people who write, say, the melody and the hooks versus the chord structure or the basics of the song. Have you always been top line centric as a writer? Um, yeah, I think like definitely when I'm, I've sort of, how do I describe it? Like the more and more sessions I've done, you sort of realize what your strengths and weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. And my strength has always been melody. So that's sort of, I start with humming on every song and then the lyrics come after. Um, so I think like that's my strong suit as a as an artist and someone who, as a collaborator as well. So yeah, I'm melody first and then lyrics second, yeah. And then going back to your songwriting roots, I know that you attended Interlochen, which- yeah. It's intriguing to me that Interlochen kind of intends to put classical musicians out into the world, yet it spawned a lot of pop and rock artists. What yeah. was it that made you want to go to Interlochen? Oh my God, I, I love Michigan. My dad's from Michigan. So I, when I was looking at camps, I was very, very drawn to the fact that it was classical and jazz musicians and everyone. It's also a school, not just a camp. Um, and so I love the idea that everyone there was like extremely theory focused and then, but I did rock camp there. So I found like 
the most obscure we, like we were totally the weirdos on campus like no one liked us at all and no one took us seriously it was very funny but yeah I was like I'd, I'd never seen I guess it was like fulfilling my like camp rock fantasy where I was like I'm gonna go to rock camp um and then I also did that same summer I did the songwriting camp which is was amazing I mean the musicians that come through Interlochen are I'm just so I feel so lucky to just like be a witness to it, let alone collaborate with these people. So Interlochen, I was just, I was very drawn to how um, serious it was, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like there are oh, a yeah. lot of camps that are very like industry driven or just sort of like kids just writing songs and everyone there was very career driven, very focused. And um, I, I really, really was drawn to that, yeah. We have an equivalent to that, although like three rungs below here on Long Island, New York, called Usedan. And Mariah Carey went there when she was a kid, and Billy Idol's guitar player Steve Stevens went there. And when I went there, oh man, you like rock? Ugh, you know, it, it kind of <laughs> yeah. camps that it's the weird part where they outcast the people who love music, yet they're the ones who actually wind up going into music. So I guess you can feel a little vindicated that you have a viral single. <laughs> uh you're doing it right I'm, I'm trying man i'm I'm definitely trying it's um i yeah it is it is very funny that we are totally the outcasts on campus um but i think that just makes you work harder i think like i just loved being in the environment and and i'm such a sponge and so it was um it, you know, it just sort of added to all of the different influences that came into Lalo and every, you know, single and that I'll put out, you know. Yeah. And speaking of those influences, Sam Cooke, Amy Winehouse, Motown, yeah. you had to have started out with bad music, though. Come on, like <laughs> something there. Did you, were you originally top 40 and then you heard Amy Winehouse and kind of went back a little bit? Um, I mean... Honestly, when I was a kid, like I listened to a lot of my dad's music and my mom just always had Motown playing um, and a lot of Carole King, a lot of James Taylor, a lot of Joni Mitchell. Um, so yes, but I think, you know, in terms of like bad, it's all subjective, right? And I used to be, like, <laughs> the first person to shit on pop music fully. Yeah. Oh my God. And then I was just like, Ava, you're not that big of a deal. You need to relax. And then it, it, every, I think every single song I listen to, whether I think it's good or bad, influences my music. I think as a person and especially as a musician, we're all just a product of our influences. And um, I love basically every genre minus like bro country. <laughs> I can I can get down with any type of music. <laughs> Unless they ask you to write the top lines for it, then you know maybe you'll make an exception. Maybe I'll make, I mean <laughs> I've always thought about that. Like it would be so cool to be in like a session with like just full, like Florida Georgia line, like full just like bro stadium country. Like I think it would it would be super sick to. I mean I think some of the best songs are like the best written songs are country songs. So. I mean, there's going to like Nashville, 
it the session game there is crazy it's i respect it it's way better than la because everyone in there like you split it evenly like it's very formulaic down to right. a system versus in la it's kind of like well i wrote like two fourths of that melody and like you know what i mean it's all bs anyways so i it, it took me a while my mom's like a diehard country fan and so i think just me being like an emo teenager i was like like i hate country like my mom likes it no and now now i've come around i do really like country music <laughs> well, something that uh, intrigues me about your musical roots here is not everybody realizes one of the coolest things that your dad ever did was kind of revitalize glenn hughes from deep purple yeah was he around a lot and if the answer is no next question feel free to say that <laughs> um <laughs> I, I think like the thing, my dad is a great, great musician and sure. great human being and definitely has, you know, influenced my music. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's a blessing and a curse to have my dad be my dad and be in the industry that I also want to go into. But we make such different music that I think that it, it's okay where it's not I would never uh, want anyone to think like that I'm you know following in his footsteps I guess I am but I think you know yeah. I, he's you know he's just the best and he is very very supportive of my music career and like he you know he's like oh like this is actually good I'm like yeah, I'm an all right musician. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, you know, he's, other than being a drummer, he's just like me, a huge consumer of music and a huge lover of music um, across all types of genres. So I definitely um, took that from him. Yeah, 100%. In the case of Glenn Hughes, where I was going with that, is people peg him as being, you know, the guy from Deep Purple and, and a weird uh, era of Black Sabbath. But he was the most soulful singer, I should say still is, is the most soulful singer. And he could sing Motown if he wanted to, but yeah. he's kind of pegged with that 80s tag un unfairly, I would say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think um, that just shows like the, the beauty of music and versatility of artists and you know, if you're really known for one thing, like I, it's sometimes like it's hard to break that, but Glenn Hughes is a boss, like so, so sick. And my dad is a diehard fan. So yeah, I, I think it's exactly what you said. Like he is one of the most soulful singers ever. He, cool. he's fantastic. But back to you here, because this is the Ava show. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking because you're a singer, but when somebody digs, they can say, oh, philanthropy, she's involved with a lot of great causes. She's dabbled in acting and all that. Is the goal to be all those things or is the goal really to just be a musician long-term? I think the goal is to be all of those things, 100%. I, um, it's just different ways of expressing yourself, which is why like, I love acting. I love making music. I love doing makeup. I love like all any type of expression. I'm dying, dying to get my hands on. And I think as for the philanthropy, it's a huge, huge, crucial part of my life. My mom's a philanthropist and I had double spine scoliosis surgery in eighth grade. 
And, you know, those doctors at Children's Hospital completely saved my life. I owe everything to them. And um, so being a youth ambassador for Children's Hospital on the orthopedic side is something that is very near and dear to my heart and something I will continue to advocate for for the rest of my life. They're just fantastic. Going back to one of the first things we talked about, you said that was one of the first five singles or five tracks you did. Are there dozens of songs that you have in various states of completion right now? Oh yes, my <laughs> my notes are filled. I'm I'm very very excited. You know, I'm only 19, and so I think I'm very open in the studio where I know my sound and I know exactly what I want to say. But also, I think like it's just that's the beauty of music is you can make whatever you want and as long as it feels I think the one thing I'm striving for is just authenticity and mm -hmm. to make sure that it all feels like me um so yeah I have tons and tons of music tons to release just very it's just all very exciting like the future is very bright so I'm I'm really really happy that I'm making music that you know feels very authentic and um, it's just a complete reflection of who I am. Cause I think that that's hard. Cause you like know it, you know, who you are in your head, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to express it mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, will appeal to the masses as well. And so when you find it, you're like, it's the best feeling. <laughs> well said. Okay. Well, two quick questions and then you're free. And the first mm -hmm. one is, do you have a TV recommendation that you can pass along to somebody who kind of needs a new show to start? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I really like Black Mirror. That's not like a, I think everyone knows what Black Mirror is, but I- Not everybody does. Not everyone, but, but a lot of people do, but it's the type yeah. where like, I love a TV show where you don't have to follow it. You can just kind of pick and choose. Um, and it's a TV show that I go back to all the time. And then also I just rewatched Fleabag, Phoebe Waller-Bridge absolutely fantastic witty smart show that i recommend to everyone it's fantastic cool and then rather than my standard closer i'm gonna ask a random question here but it's at okay. you okay and that is is there a harder song to sing than the national anthem yes happy birthday <laughs> oh the high note that you have to do at the happy birthday is a three octave song that is insane there's a reason why people butcher happy birthday but then I, you know I think the thing about the national anthem is that um like when I did it at the, at the Dodger stadium you have like I had in-ears and there was you I was playing with an organ so you don't have to worry about your starting note because you know the key that you're in yeah just doing it at the Staples Center for the Laker game it's acapella so if you start on the wrong note you are absolutely screwed <laughs> like there is no going back and you can hear like a pin drop because yeah. everyone's dead quiet so I think that I think I'm filmed for one of the national anthems at the Laker game where you see me like I have like a mini piano on my phone I'm like banging my starting note like all the way up until I get to the middle <laughs> of the court and um but yeah it's it's definitely it's it's difficult to sing but I think also because of what it means to people like it's such an important song um, and you just really, you don't want to mess it up. But I would say happy birthday is the hardest song to sing. That's why people in auditions are like, you cannot sing happy birthday. Like you can't sing happy birthday. I just thought it was because you can't clear the publishing so easily on happy birthday. Oh, 
Well, yes, it's just, it's, you know, not everyone in the world, including myself, has a three octave range. So it can go downhill pretty quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that brighter note, thank you for your time. Looking forward to the new video coming out on Friday and just keep up the greatness there. Looking forward to seeing everything in the future, which looks bright. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. Bye. Am I getting you today from Chicago? You are getting me from Chicago, yes. Not from New York, where you were born and raised. But I flew to Chicago from New York. I'm just here filming The Shy right now, and it's so cold in Chicago, but yeah, I'm I'm here. Yeah, that's one of the difficult things about talking with somebody like you, because it's kind of like, you don't just have one or two projects to to promote at any given time. It, not just one or two media, in fact. You know, at the same time, there's film, there's a book, there's TV. Uh, where do we get started? What's what's the thing that at the moment they're saying, Lala, talk about this? <laughs> the Shy, probably. You know, I'm in Chicago, like I said. The Shy is, we're filming season four on Showtime, which is super exciting. The show is such a great show and I'm just honored to be a part of it. So that's definitely one thing. Issa Rae and I just announced that we're producing a feature film called Juju, which I'm super excited about. 50 Cent and I have some projects in the works. So really, really focusing on my acting and producing at the same time. And that's been kind of where I've, I've put my focus on right now. Even though you got your start in radio as a New Yorker, I first really learned about you through MTV. When you started working at MTV, mm-hmm. were there dreams all along to be an actress and a producer and a writer, or is it really a one day as a, at a time kind of thing? Um, you know, I always, I always was a person that dreamed big, but I just never knew how I was going to get there because that's not something that I saw growing up, you know, those are not the examples that, you know, were in front of me of people, you know, doing the things that I've been blessed to do. But I always knew, you know, I wanted to do more. And every time I got a job, whether it was radio, I was like, okay, I love this, but I want to do more. MTV, okay, I love this, but I want to do more. Acting, I love this, but now how can I produce? Like, I'm always looking for, you know, that next thing that that allows me to do more. Was your first acting role the cameo you had in Sex in the City? Um... Yeah, that probably was now that you, now that you said that because I was on MTV and it was a big moment when Sex and the City brought the cameras into the TRL studios. I remember everyone was just going crazy about it. So yeah, that was probably my first thing. And for it to be on Sex and the City, people still talk about that. I guess reading cue cards or reading prompter is acting unto itself. But did you have a big transition or a big process in becoming an actress? There was a transition because for so long when you're a VJ or a TV host, you're told that, you know, you can't act. That's that's not what you're going to do. You're only going to be a TV host. So I really had to step step aside from it all and get into acting school and take acting classes. And I still do all of that stuff and really, really, you know, take the acting thing seriously because it's not something that you just say, hey, I want to be an, an actor. And you just wake up and you're an actor. There's so much preparation and time that goes into it. It's not an easy thing. So I'm still going through, you know, everything that it takes to continue to grow as an actor. Right. So as I alluded to at the beginning here, nonstop work from you. I assume that's a lot to do with energy in general and time management. 
definitely, you know, and I'm moving around all the time, just managing my life in general, staying healthy, managing my meals. I love Kellogg's Special K keto-friendly snack bars. I'm a snacker. I love chocolate. They have two new flavors. They have peanut butter fudge and chocolate almond fudge. So for me, I feel good when I'm eating these snacks. I don't feel, you know, guilty or bad about anything. And I just feel like as I prepare for my day, as long as I have the things I need in my bag, I'm good. I'm setting myself up for success. Well, we got that great plug out of the way. Um, and I'll ask you for the website at the end, of course. <laughs> but looking at all the things that you've done, is there a field you haven't yet conquered that you still have your eye on? Well, for me, I just want to continue to grow in my acting career and producing. I love producing because it allows me to find content that I think is important, content that I want the world to see and bring it to life. So producing has been extremely fulfilling, but acting is my passion and my love. So those are the two things I want to continue to focus on and expand my business on. Something I haven't been able to figure out about you. Okay. Number one, is Lala meant to be spelled with a space in between the laws or is it always together? It's a space and two capital L's. <laughs> So when the people get it wrong, they get it wrong. When they get it wrong. When they get it wrong, they get it wrong. And you're probably the only person who's ever even asked me that, which is kind of funny. But yeah, L.A. space, L.A. <laughs> you know, enough people, like they, they print the thing wrong one time and then other people just copy and paste because they're lazy journalists yeah. and all that. Is there a third name for you besides your, your government name and besides Lala? Is there a third thing that people call you? Um, La, really, it's just my name's Alani, but everyone calls me Lala, and my closest friends and family just call me La. I think Lala's probably, they, they would think that was too long for them, I guess, so they just call me La. I had to ask that because sometimes, for example, if we talk about Tommy Lee, when I interviewed him, I said, does anyone in the world call you Tom? And he's like, well, yeah, my mother, when she was going to yell at me, I didn't know if you had a third name or anything like no, that. No, well, when my mom's upset with me or when my mom is having a real important conversation, she just calls me Alani. She just calls me by my, my real name. Now I know that. Well, two quick questions and then you're free. And the first one is, yes, you're an actress and you're producing and all that. But is there a TV show that you can recommend for someone who needs a new show to start? Oh, you know, um, Your Honor has been a great one that everyone's talking about. I just got into, and I love The Sinner on Netflix. I just love The Sinner. There's new episodes for season three that just dropped that I have to check out. So those two, you can't go wrong. And everyone, Bridgington is what everybody's talking about. So you got three good ones there that I, that I gave you. Absolutely. And the closer, and this can be as simple as go to a website or it can be actual advice. It's Lala. Any last words for the kids? Yes. Yeah, so... Stay positive, focus on yourself, keep your mind right, especially during this pandemic. It's really hard for all of us. We're all going through challenges and ups and downs. So just stay focused there. And if you're looking for snacks, that'll be great. I have and go to okay.com. There you go. Well, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to everything that's uh, coming soon from you. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. The original track is on Eyes on the Horizon. When did you actually finish that album? Oof. Oh, man, that's about pre-COVID. Sure. <laughs> it feels like uh, 100 years ago. Um, uh, we finished it about two months before it came out, I guess, roughly. 
So uh, September 2019, it came out. So yeah, somewhere around July or so of so I have to imagine there's a lot of material in the pipeline because you're one of those artists who, when he's not touring and recording, he's touring and recording. Right. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like to stay busy. I like to stay on the ground and, uh, and, and running. Exactly. So, so is the next album written? Where, where are you at with all this right now? And I ask that because some of the artists you'll speak to nowadays, I tape interviews five, six days a week. Some artists go, I have not written a song in nine months. I have no inspiration. And other people are looking at this as the most like prolific period of their lives because that's all they have to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I generally stay pretty prolific. I, I, I write constantly. It's just it's kind of how I do my like diary, if you will. Um, Ironically, uh, my youngest child was born on February 4th, uh, 2020. So I've spent most of this year uh, in, a, in an extended like paternity leave, um, changing diapers and, and, and that jazz. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've done some writing, but not, as, not quite as much as I would have otherwise. Um, and, I, and I look at other people in their situations of like honing in on new instruments and um, and just like you know, like writing like crazy and, and being super creative, and, I, and it hurts a little bit to see that because I feel like, man, what a great opportunity to do those kinds of things. But at the same time, it's been an amazing opportunity for me to get to know this little, this little beautiful kid and uh, yeah, and new love uh, of mine. Were you actually planned to take time off around the birth of your kid before you knew COVID was happening? Yeah, so I was planning to take off. Uh, like three months, which is um, a long break for me, but also, um, you know, like for, uh, my son was born two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago. Um, I, I took off six months. So, um, you know, I kind of convinced it in my head this time and I had some big ideas, you know, uh, out the gate. Uh, and yeah, so that all went away. <laughs> and like I said, you know, it's been really fortunate that I've been able to spend as much time as I have. Yeah, that's wonderful perspective to to kind of have when you kind of hear, oh, 2020 was the worst year ever, or it would, it's kind of a what you make of it scenario. If you had the opportunities and the time and the resources to actually do the things and focus on your craft, I find that it wasn't the worst year ever. In fact, it, it in a weird, sick way, it might have been one of the better years of my life because it gave me the chance to work on my craft. Is it hard yeah. to hear those words? No, 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 no. I mean, and like I said, I mean, uh, it's it, it was really, you know, when you're taking the best out of a, a horrible situation that you can, um, the best parts of it are, are, are really great. You know, like I said, like just being able to be home with, with my kids was, was amazing for that year. Um, I really, I, I've really enjoyed the balance of being able to like go on tour and like you know, bust my butt for three months and then come home for uh, three weeks or so and like have fully dedicated twenty four seven time with my children and like and then hit the road again. It's been um, it's been really great for that in general. But the yeah, this is like sort of amping that up you know, to another level. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So we take, we take the best of what we can. Well, beyond the music itself, something I find very fascinating about you and your career is 
I've read articles on people who play with, say, Billy Joel, somebody like a Mark Rivera, where it's like Monday night, he plays in a stadium, Tuesday night, he's in a club, Wednesday, he's in a theater. You kind of had that existence as well. And is that as great as I think it is that you never can become complacent with one scenario because you just have to look around and be present? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I feel like, uh, you know, for the last 10 years or so, it's almost like teleporting into different, uh, like the multiverse, you know? Like, yeah. like, I get to live this aspect of playing these stadium shows and, you know, 80,000 people and, like, people going crazy and the intensity of that space um, as a supportive role. And then, and then, like, you know, transporting back into, okay, what did I learn from that experience? How can I apply that to my own experience? Uh, as a solo artist um, and, and and then like starting from the ground up it's almost like a time machine in a sense that um, you know once you get to a certain level like if you could go back in time and start over again what would you do differently except that I get to do that simultaneously so it's, it's pretty cool. Outro cast.